Hey, welcome to the Backyard Professor videos on Mormonism, religion, science, history, philosophy, mathematics, whatever subjects interest us all. I should say the traveling Backyard Professor videos. Uh, I've got to be in the truck a little bit traveling, so I figure use the time to make a video for the audience, share my ideas on what's been cooking in my brain. Last night I watched a really interesting video on YouTube about one of the evidences for the Book of Mormon. Uh, and this was a very instructional video uh, for reasons that I don't know if these guys were thinking or not, and it's all good. I watched Mormonism Live on Alma as an evidence for the antiquity and authenticity of the Book of Mormon, how apologists have been using this evidence. Now, I have discovered for myself, for my personal use, that uh, Bayes' theorem has helped me learn how to ask more comprehensive questions, how to look at an issue uh, from more angles, from a better depth, with a more realistic manner, which integrates and incorporates a lot more evidence, in fact, all the evidence, if you can do that, and the entire full spectrum of what we know, what, what Bayes' theorem calls background knowledge. And it is a, uh, it is a mathematical theorem. Uh, it is a theorem, not a theory. It has been through the ringer for testing, and a theorem is an established way. And it's used in multiple disciplines. I mean, the medical industry, archaeologists use it. Uh, in some cases, historians have begun to use it. It's used in uh, the economy. It's used in gambling and, and all that. I mean, it's, it's an incredible system of helping us control our subjectivity. And that's kind of the part that I personally really like about it. Because I want to know, how justified am I in having this particular belief? Or how justified am I for being skeptical of a claim? Uh, and then I can compare and test claims for the probability. Well, these guys were using Bayes' theorem. It was Mormonism Live, uh, Bill Reel, and uh, Radio Free Mormon, RFM. And I don't know if they were even aware of it. They probably weren't aware of how they were using Bayes' theorem. And it struck me this would be a good thing to produce a video on showing the proper use of Bayes' theorem. Because now there are some Mormon apologists and scholars who have discovered Bayes' theorem. Uh, it's getting used more and more, and they are beginning to use it in order to demonstrate the authenticity of the LDS scriptures, the prophets, etc. But they're misusing it. They're not using it accurately. And, of course, the correct cure for 
the misuse of Bayes' theorem is not to throw the theorem out as faulty. It's not what is faulty. Uh, the correct cure is to begin to show how to use it correctly. The real interesting thing for me is Mormonism Live really does use it correctly and because of that it leads them to an understanding, I'll put it that way, of how to assess this evidence for Alma. So what I want to do is I will recapitulate their Alma video. Now I would strongly recommend watching the video. Fundamentally so. Uh, it's called The Nature of Apologetics. It's on Mormonism Live. Excellent video. It was about six months ago that they produced this. What I want to do is I want to recapitulate it, putting in the Bayesian thinking so that we can see how this works in order to update our knowledge. Now, for whatever reason, Mormonism has gotten to the point to where they refuse to include all evidence. They're only looking for materials that confirm their beliefs, and that leads to confirmation bias. That is not the best method. Bayes' theorem is a very good cure as long as it's used correctly. I like to use it correctly because I just honestly want to know, well, how justified am I in thinking this way or that way or, you know. We, there are so many different billions kinds of beliefs that it's nice to have a way, it's nice to have a product that we can use to assess whether we're justified in believing something or not. So the apologetic use of the name Alma, uh, the way the apologists have been doing this, is back in 1995, Daniel Peterson was giving a farms, uh, it was on a farms videotape on evidences of the Book of Mormon, and of course he brought out Alma. Now, he said that the critics have made merry forever on this. I mean, they have just, everyone knows Alma Mater is a, is a feminine, it's a woman's name, Alma. And so the critics have been making hay and straw out of the fact that Joseph Smith Blewett having a man named Alma, actually two men named Alma in the Book of Mormon. But now, in, in the early 1960s, Yigal Yadin, the Israeli archaeologist, discovered the Bar Kokhba documents, and in those documents, Alma, son of Judah, Alma ben Judah, has been discovered. And so this is in a Near Eastern context. It's in an ancient context. And it supports the Book of Mormon. Now, Joseph Smith couldn't possibly have heard about Alma being a male in his day. And now we, and, and so wherever he got it from, now we have genuine evidence that it is in an ancient Near Eastern setting. This is the setup for presenting Alma. So, and it's a proper setup based on what we know at the time. That's how the Bayesian works is you gather the evidence, you assess the probability, you use the 
background knowledge of what we know, and then you see, well, how justifiable is this evidence for that theory? Is this the kind of evidence we would expect to see? <laughs> Excuse me. If the evidence was true, if the, if the claim was accurate, or is this the evidence we would see if the claim is false? Notice it doesn't ask us just, is our claim true? Bayes' theorem approaches this from both directions. <laughs> Excuse me. We put our claim in a ratio with other claims and check the probability of all the claims based on the evidence that we have. Now, we're fallible, we're incomplete, of course, we're finite. So we'll always have to reassess our approach. <laughs> Man. We will always have to reassess our approach. And we don't know when new evidence comes in. Bay says when new evidence comes in, though, we have to bring it into the hopper and reassess our belief. We upgrade, we update our belief because the new evidence could change the picture. I wish I'd quit sneezing. All this smoke in the air from the fires. Sorry. So we have to reassess our belief based on our background knowledge and evidence. This is very basic. Well, this is exactly what Mormonism Live did. Before 2008, RFM got a hold of Dan Peterson. And he said, well, I'm hearing that there were names of Alma, men, named Alma in Joseph Smith's day. Not only in his day, but in his in his uh, neighborhood in New York. And Dan Peterson basically brushed that off and said, well, that doesn't affect my argument. I'm still telling the truth. There is an ancient name Alma, and that's what matters. And then in 2008, Dan Peterson again presented this information on Alma, but he did not include the new claim, the new information, that Alma is a man in Joseph Smith's day and time. And that really bothered RFM. That's not the way to do it. And from a Bayesian standpoint, that is not the way to do it. Peterson should be upgrading his evidence. So through an analysis of various presentations that Mormon apologists have done uh, at a fair conference in 2019, or no, before that, Terence Zink, what Dan Peterson, I'm getting ahead of myself, what Dan Peterson failed to provide was the historic background and context of the Barcoqua documents. He wants this to be an ancient Near Eastern evidence in favor of the authenticity of the Book of Mormon. And I mean, come on, you can't, you can't blame them. They gotta find something. So 
What he didn't say is Bar Kokhba dates to 130 AD, the Common Era, CE. And the last Hebrew contact, of course, in the Book of Mormon would have been 600 BC. Well, this is historic background that we really need to grasp. Bayes' theorem says bring it all forward. Dan Peterson did not do that. He wants to give the impression that they're very close, but they're not. 130's common era, and the last cultural contact of Hebrews would have been 600 B.C. with Lehi in Jerusalem. I mean, that's, you know, that's 700-year gap. That's a huge gap. Then in 2000, Terence Zink, another Mormon uh, scholar, discovered Alma in the Ebla tablets. But this dates way back to two millennia B.C. So, I mean, you're, you're like 1,600 years too early, and the Bar Kokhba document, Alma, is 700 years too late, right? So, not much there, even though the apologists are trying to squeeze as much as they can out of this. In 2019, again, after the discussion came out that Alma indeed is in Joseph Smith's environment, and Bill Real, now you get this in his video with RFM, Bill Real called out Dan Peterson for again saying Alma was an authentic ancient piece of evidence. So Dan Peterson got on his blog, Sick at Non, and described how he wasn't lying. And maybe or maybe not, there was an Alma. But on the blog, Dr. Detroit, in the comments, produced 48 different Almas in the eastern United States. 48 different men named Alma. So Peterson went on the, the defense and he said, uh, yeah, but I mean, Ohio and Florida, Georgia, Maine, etc. you know, are there any that are any closer? Which is irrelevant to the issue. The point is, there were Almas contemporary with Joseph Smith in the 1800s that he could have heard about, read about, whatever. So this Dr. Detroit guy, within just a couple of minutes, finds eight or seven more Almas that date to Joseph Smith's exact time, some of them born 1806-1807, and they're in Palmyra, New York. And that's all it takes. Now, from a Bayesian standpoint, we have to now upgrade our knowledge. And Dan Peterson completely disappeared out of the discussion. <laughs> he didn't want to face up to the uh, the issue that, for real, Alma has been relegated to the dustbin as far as an authenticating element in the Book of Mormon. And the upgraded knowledge says that this can no longer be used because Joseph Smith actually did have access to a male named Alma. Well, the fair conference later that fall Ted Callister, one of the church's general authorities, mind you, he stated that one of the prime evidences for the Book of Mormon is Alma 
an ancient Hebrew name. Critics claimed that it was a Latin female name. And when uh, when RFM and Bill Real looked through the literature and all, and actually I haven't seen it either, there's no one out there claiming that this male name Alma is a mistake. There's no one making a big deal about the Latin Hebrew or the Latin alma mater. So maybe the apologists appear to be making a mountain out of a molehill. And they think they have a couple of archaeological hits for this hit of Joseph Smith. Ted Callister, a general authority, said the same thing. Now, Fair is in the know. They know Dan Peterson really well. They're close. They know by now that there are men named Alma in Joseph Smith's environment. A proper Bayesian approach to this is to admit, well, number one, this really isn't a big item. I mean, it's just one name in the Book of Mormon, right? The entire authenticity of Mormonism does not rest on whether Alma is authentic or not. It's rather a small item. However, from a proper Bayesian upgrading, which Mormonism Live does accurately, and it's the Mormon apologists who are keeping with the old materials, the old point of view. The earth was seen at one time as flat. With our rocketry now, we understand the earth is curved. It would be palpably silly to continue maintaining the earth is flat. We must upgrade our knowledge. This is what the apologists are not doing. And it is Mormonism Live who is using the Bayesian probabilities correctly. The kind of thinking. Now you can get into the formal mathematics of Bayes, and I'll probably do that in a few videos, that's true. But to just begin to think about the evidence in a different way and assess our own understanding and grasp is very, very helpful. And you don't need any formal mathematics. You just ask yourself, well, is this what I would expect to see? If a claim was true, is this the kind of evidence that would be in existence? Right? If the claim that Joseph Smith could not have known this... See, this is the old Hugh Nibley approach. How could Joseph Smith have known? Well, with this new information, interestingly done on the church's genealogical website, in about three to five minutes, Dr. Detroit didn't take any time at all. Dan Peterson and the apologists are too lazy to check it out. They don't really want to know the truth and the true probability. What they want is they want to win the argument. They want to score a point, yeah, and build your testimony in faith. Bayes' theorem properly says we can do that, but we must provide all the evidence and all of the background knowledge, and we must update when new materials show up. That is what the apologists are not doing. That is what the critics are doing. And that is why, without question, Mormonism Live won this debate hands down. They won it because it's a proper application of Bayes' theorem. The apologists 
need to realize that in the process of upgrading, some evidences will fail, if not all of them. We're still assessing materials, but to deliberately ignore the new evidence, to ignore part of the background, to cherry pick what you like and ignore what you don't like, that's called confirmation bias, and that is deceptive. That is what we see the apologists doing. All the way from fair to the Mormon general authorities to Daniel C. Peterson. Fair on their web page, they explore all of the various comments, discoveries, and ideas about Alma as an ancient name as of 2019, just a year and a half ago. And they never once mention any of those dozens and dozens of male named Alma in the United States in Joseph Smith's day before the Book of Mormon was even thought about. This is fundamentally dishonest. This is why Mormon apologetics is failing to convince people. This is also why we truly do need to take a serious look at utilizing Bayes' theorem. Now, without even knowing it, <laughs> which makes this video so much fun for me personally, Mormonism Live just trounced the apologetics. Now, this doesn't prove the church false. That's not the conclusion. They very properly assess it and come to a very realistic Bayesian conclusion is that this just simply nullifies the evidence of Alma. It does not refute Mormonism. It does not prove Joseph Smith a false prophet. No, there's no reason to stretch anything. Bayes' theorem just simply gives us the proper justification. Do we believe this Alma is a valid point with the modern new material out? No, it renders the point moot. Anyone who still uses this point is cheating. They're maintaining the earth is flat when in the truth and the reality of the situation, the earth is a sphere. So there's a great lesson here. We want to always be on the cutting edge, of course, yes, but we want to be realistic. We want to do this in a, uh, in a manner that we can say, all right, well, that's important, I will look more into it, or we want to be able to say, well, it looked good at first, but it doesn't now, so I won't worry about it, I won't waste my time on that anymore, I will move on to more important things. And like Mormonism Live properly said, this is such a minor issue, it's really a non-issue, you know, it's not a big deal, it's amazing how the apologists cling to this with such tenacity as if their very testimonies and souls rely on every single evidence they ever bring out to be authentic and true. But it's not. So good job, Mormonism Live. You have properly utilized Bayes' theorem, and it is what made the presentation so excellent.
And so my advice is go watch that, go watch that video again. I will present more information using this kind of an approach as I explore things. And uh, I'm looking very forward to doing that. So thanks for watching the Backyard Professor videos on Mormonism. Remember, be good, do well, have fun, sleep good, make lots of friends, smile. It makes people wonder what you've been up to. <laughs> That's always fun to be mysterious. And I will see you in the next Backyard Professor videos.